Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The federal government, as I'm sure you have heard, unveiled a draft framework yesterday on emissions on an emissions cap, really, from the oil and gas sector in our country, immediately rejected whole hawk um, by the premier of this province. Not surprisingly, Daniel Smith wants no part of this whatsoever. This uh, proposed cap also undermines the unity of our country, and Albertans will not tolerate it. Our province is simply done with what amounts to a steady stream of economic sanctions and punitive measures thrown upon our citizens and businesses to intentionally damage their livelihoods. For the coming months, our cabinet and our caucus will develop constitutional shields in response to this and other recent attacks on our province by what is fast becoming one of the most damaging federal administrations in Canadian history. Now, if you did not expect that response from the Premier of Alberta, you have not been paying attention. I think that was completely predictable uh, and and. She'd made it clear that that would be the response long ago. So um, we know how the province feels about this. Again, this is a framework. Uh, the timeline on this is kind of, I think, important to sort of take a look at. They want to have the final regulations ready sometime in 2025. Okay, so that's when we'd get an idea of what this ultimately looks like. There would be consultation before that and all the rest. And they would start to be phased in in 2026 okay so you got a pretty lengthy amount of time here we're looking at two three years before we get to the point where this actually becomes whatever it ultimately might be but what does it look like at this starting point well canada would bring in a cap and trade model it would limit emissions to 35 to 38 percent of 2019 levels that on its own is a softening in the position of the federal government. They were at 42% when they originally started talking about this. They've dialed that down to 35 to 38% reductions. Um, and it would be phased in in 2026. In some ways, it's a starting point because there are provisions built in there where oil and gas facilities could, in essence, exceed that cap. They'd have to pay to do it, and they'd have to make up with it with the the purchase of offset credits, or they'd have to make contributions to a decarbonization fund. So you got a cap, trade system, all kinds of things that go into it. But ultimately, we get to a point where the cap comes in at 35 to 38% of levels um, from 20, uh, where, where did I put that? Uh, 2019. Sorry, 2019 levels, 35 to 38%. So what's the response across the board? There are so many people that have a stake in this. We're going to speak now with Alex Cool Fergus, who's National Policy Manager at the Climate, Climate Action Network. Alex, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Let's start just with your overall assessment. The announcement from the federal government yesterday, there's a lot in there, but the headline, you know, that 35 to 38% and the cap and trade system, just your take on what the government sort of unveiled yesterday. And like I say, we're away from the finish line, but what do you see so far? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's tons and tons to unpack. So we're still kind of unwrapping this this framework and then trying to understand what it really does mean. Um, for us, you know, there are a couple of issues. Um, one is, of course, the fact that you know, the government is not asking the oil and gas sector to contribute their fair share. Um, we know that oil and gas has outsized emissions uh, across the Canadian economy. Um, and while other sectors of the economy are, are actually reducing their emissions, um, if we think about electricity, other industries, um, the, the transportation sector, these are all really hard to decarbonize sectors that are bending the curve. Um, 
oil and gas, unfortunately, continues to really increase their own emissions. And so there is a question of fairness uh, involved here when we talk about the target. And when we look at the timeline, um, we are quite concerned that the 2026 timeline for implementation is much too late, essentially just because it's after the next federal election. Yeah. Um, so there is really no certainty as to who's going to be in government at that point. Um, and we want to make sure that the government is serious about actually addressing the emissions from the sector. That is such an important point because we know that there will be a federal election within two years at the very most, before 2026. And if you look at the polls now, there's a very good chance it's not going to be a liberal government. So everything we're talking about right now, Alex, like you say, it may actually just be a, a, an exercise that doesn't actually lead to anything in the end. Right. And I think that that would be, you know, unfortunate, um, not just for not just for us and the environmental movement, but I think also for everyday Canadians. Um, uh, a report came out this week by the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. They've studied that, um, you know, the emissions cap and the impact that it would have on human health. And they've demonstrated that with a cap, you know, at the, at the 40 to 45 percent level that you know, or rather target, that their overall Canadian economy is supposed to hit by 2030, um, it would actually decrease premature death by 4,800 people. That's a ton of people. You know, there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of real-life real, real life impacts um, that this cap can have. And so we're really asking the government now to get more serious about the timeline and just make sure that they uh, work through the framework, get it to draft regulations and get it through regulations, all with consultations, of course, um, but that they get on it as soon as possible. It's interesting. You were talking about fairness and saying that other sectors are being hit harder. And you heard what our premier in Alberta had to say at the beginning, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's very unfair and it targets oil and gas and it targets Alberta. If you, if we agree that it's about 28% of all emissions in Canada come from the oil and gas sector, transportation is about 22%. And, and, you know, the premier of the province is saying, listen, they're not having to do this. They're not having these kinds of impositions set upon them. They can't do this with their industry. And, um, so how, how do you counter that argument? You're saying it's not fair, they're getting away with something, and the Premier is saying it's not fair, they're getting hammered and other people aren't. (laughs) I mean, listen, we would have all been shocked uh, if Premier Smith had said anything less. Um, But... You know, the other sectors have actually been, you know, have had regulations imposed upon them. Um, You know, I compare this regulation to the cleaner fuels regulations, right? And so car producers, they need to ensure that um, when when they when they're building cars, that there's a certain emission standard that has to be respected, right? Like we we you know we know that cars today are much less polluting than cars in the 1970s, 1980s. Um, that doesn't mean that people aren't allowed to use cars. You know, that doesn't mean that it's like a, a huge burden on them. It just means that they're shifting the way that they're developing their cars. So this is a similar thing where the government's saying, listen, oil and gas. Um, you know, you are producing tons of emissions. They are not going down, although they're, you know, they've had lots and lots of time and tons of money. As you know, they're generating record profits over the past couple of years. Um, now it's time for you to get serious about actually joining in this all hands on deck effort. Um, and, and reducing your own emissions. So it's, it's not, it's no, it's not about oil and gas. And I think that the ministers have been pretty clear. I think especially Minister Wilkinson has been extremely clear that, you know, he sees a future for oil and gas, uh, in Canada. But that gas and oil is going to have to be much cleaner than it is today, and that's just a fact. Yeah, he did talk about that at length yesterday in terms of, listen, we're not trying to get rid of oil and gas, but what we're trying to do here is make it more um, attractive, really, on the international stage because the cleanest fossil fuels will be the ones that other countries will be looking at in order to meet their own targets. That's the argument that the minister right. had yesterday, right? 
Yes, absolutely. And then we know that that's true. Um, it's already true, right? So people, yeah. you know, in different jurisdictions are already looking for oil and gas that is much cleaner than it was even 10 years ago. So, you know, this is, this is a reality and an economic reality. And I think that, you know, many, many players within oil and gas do acknowledge and accept that fact. If you look at the reactions yesterday, of course, you have the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, which has been typically seen as much more extreme, really aligning with, with Premier Smith. But you also see the Pathways Alliance mm-hmm. that has been saying for years that they want to be part of the solution, that they want to get to net zero, um, you know, you know, being cautiously uh, optimistic about this cap. And so, you know... The, I understand where Premier Smith is coming from. She's been an oil and, lo- oil and gas lobbyist for, for many, many years. Um, but, uh, you know, I just don't think that she's representing reality. Um, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate you being here. Thank you. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.